one. And welcome back to the Adam. No, oh wait, no, that wrong podcast. Uh, welcome back to the Blue Oasis podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. Wrong podcast start. Um, with me today is Ben Albert. Ben, how are you doing? Adam, I'm doing great. I've got a couple podcasts as well, so I get it. Um, how, how many shows do you host, man? Well, I've got this, and then I've got my hockey podcast, uh, per, actually titled Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast. So okay. I love hockey um, as a little bit of a passion, but that is a bit of a side note. Uh, so tell me a little about yourself. Sure, man. Um, the the one sentence version is I ask questions for a living. And when I say I ask questions for a living, just to dissect that a little bit, the two main categories where the, that I spend most of my time are my podcast, my network of podcasts called Real Business Connections Network, where, as you know, it's all about asking great questions and learning from brilliant people. And then my marketing firm, Balbird Marketing, where we provide marketing services. But at the end of the day, it's about asking questions, understanding the vision of my clients, and then building a marketing plan to help them reach that vision. So I joke that I ask questions for a living. Uh, and and I uh, and and I'm just a natural at asking uh, questions too. Um, so how did you start uh, re the Real Business Connections Network podcast? Yeah, so um, it started with the Rochester Business Connections. I'm from Rochester, New York, and I can give you the whole life story. I'll give you just literally the bite size. COVID hit. I'm in a marketing firm. I'm a sales executive. I'm doing fine. I'm not really happy, but I don't realize it at the time. COVID hits. Our number one service is video production nationally. There's no travel. There's no production. There's no fulfillment. There's no sales. If anything, there's sales that we had made that we couldn't fulfill. So massive disaster. I'm furloughed for no animosity. I'm furloughed because of the situation. Um, and then I started Rochester Business Connections in tandem with my marketing firm, Balbert Marketing because I couldn't find a job and I didn't quite know what my North star or where I was going to go, or I didn't have like it all mapped out, but I knew that I was from Rochester, New York. I knew that I was a small business owner. I was a minnow in an entire sea of sameness. So instead of trying to stand out, I decided to go super hyper local, super personal with my community, use the podcast as a way to elevate Rochester, New York, and connect with other business owners. And the rest is more recent history that I built out the Rochester item and then started to launch new shows to reach a larger audience. But born and raised in Rochester, started in Rochester, a lot of my clients are from Rochester, New York, all because of the power of podcasting during a pandemic of a scenario, which is was actually a pandemic pandemic in this case. So you had a bunch of connections. You had friends, and you had friends of friends, and and you just got down to a very specific market. That is, if anything, I think that's actually a bit of a struggle of mine because I've done 
this I've put books on Amazon. I've done um, and I've narrated audio books and, uh, and even had a paid subscription over at Substack, but uh, for a little while, but, um, and, and I host a free one too. So it's like, I've done all these things. So how yeah. did you um, just figure it out and just get down to that uh, right specific uh, niche of yours? Yeah. And, and I want to clarify one piece. I was a music addict my whole life, still am, got my start in marketing in the music industry. I didn't have any like genuine business connections in my city. I was from the city, but the I, I wasn't well connected in the business community at all. Like in my previous firm, Texas, California, I had a lot of clients in Minnesota, Utah, like it, it had nothing to do with New York. What I did specifically, and we can get microscopic if you want, but there's a tool called LinkedIn Sales Navigator, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, and you get a 30-day free trial. It's not a cheap tool. I think it's almost like a 1000 a year, but you always get a 30-day free trial. And what I utilize Sales Navigator to do is to reach out to, and they have different um, ways that no matter what niche you're in, you can utilize the filtering to reach out to the people in that niche. So I reached out to Rochester, New York business owners, and I started by reaching out to SUNY Brockport, State University of New York Brockport. That's the school I went to. So SUNY Brockport alumni. So Rochester, New York business owners that went to SUNY Brockport, and those were the people that I would ask to come on the show. And since we already had commonalities, um, a lot of people just gave me an emphatic yes, even though the show didn't even exist yet at the time. So my point in walking you through this and Sales Navigator is a great tool for anybody who wants to connect with those kind of right kind of people is all I did is get super hyper targeted and who I was going to start with. And they were people that I one wanted to learn from, but on the back end knew number two, I could serve them. So the biggest win for me was I'm a business owner, let's learn from other business owners. But the back end win is any business owner needs marketing of some sort. And I didn't do research on them before I reached out to see if they needed marketing or not. That wasn't the point. The point was they would know someone who they could need my service or possibly know someone who did. Um, so I was in essence reaching out for to people that I wanted to learn from and people that could help me long term. And since it was hyper targeted in what I was trying to do, Rochester, New York podcast, business podcast, that's why it worked. Now I'm just one example. You could literally start a cooking blog. Let's just do this random keto cooking blog. You're going to want to find a way to get hyper targeted with maybe you reach out to keto cooks that are between the ages of 18 and 30. And then you might be the only or one of the only keto cooking blogs from 18 to 30. So then you can stand out not to the entire masses, but you can stand out to your small community there. And then the key here is you do want to have a service you can provide them if you're looking to monetize it. Honestly, 
doing it for freaking fun is worth it for me. I had a music podcast for five years. I didn't ever try to monetize that. Do if you're if you have a way to monetize it, then you can build a side hustle or even a business utilizing that connection with other people passionate about the same thing. And uh, to just add to the LinkedIn sales force, I've got a baseball audiobook that's coming out. Okay. And um, and uh, for those of you that have listened to the show, I mean, you know, I like baseball and hockey. Um, and and I so if I do want to sell this and get it out to those um, from 18 and up uh, to that target market, um, I would have to uh, go to and see who's like a little league coach or even someone in high school or heck, even see if I can can find someone who's working in the MLB to take an interest too. So, so I Possibly. could potentially use LinkedIn Salesforce for that. Yeah. And, and to clarify, it's called Sales Navigator. Oh. You don't even need to use the paid tool. There's other ways, but Sales Navigator, since it's a 30 day free trial, I say use it like crazy for those 30 days and then you can always stop. Um, but yeah, I would look for, I would look for keywords, maybe even like someone who likes baseball and hockey. Um, I'm, I did it this way. I don't think it's the only way I like to go local because there is just a regional pride that you maybe you pick this is even better than just going local or if you could do both, that's great. Um, you choose a team and you search for people that have that team in their bio somewhere via keyword and you connect based on team. So this is crazy. I don't know if it would work, but I'm from Rochester, New York, and my football team is the Denver Broncos. My family's from Colorado. So the amount of Rochesterians that like the Denver Broncos, the, the pot has slimmed. Everybody likes the Buffalo Bills. I love them. But if I can find other Rochesterians that like the Denver Broncos, we become our own little niche tribe. And then it's not just them supporting me. We find ways to support each other. So um, they could support your book and then you could find a way to support what they're doing as well. Of course. And yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, Balbert marketing. Uh, this, yeah. So how, so what steps did you do to get started? And did you think at any point that this couldn't work or, or that couldn't work? Yeah. I mean, people talk about mindset and visualizing and certainty. I'm not a hundred percent certain it's going to work. I like having that chip on my shoulder. It's working now, but I feel like in anything in life, the moment you get too lazy is the moment that someone who isn't being lazy is going to outdo you. So I'm not a thousand percent confident that it's going to work. It's working, but I always got to work on it to make it work. They call it work because it works, but yeah. So really I didn't know what I was doing. Cause I had, I'm not an MBA. This is a side note. I'm not an MBA, but I have MBA friends that say that getting an MBA isn't pivotal for being an entrepreneur. It kind of helps, but it's, they teach you things that are unnecessary and then they don't teach you things that are necessary. 
but I'm not an MBA. I've never run a business. I've always worked for someone else, but I understood marketing. So where I was strong was the tactical things to actually get the job done for my clients. Where I wasn't strong was accounting and CRMs and using the right software and all the subscriptions and the forming an LLC and talking to legal. Like it's very overwhelming even saying it out loud right now. But really all I did is put my weight on what I knew the best and my clients, and I hope they're not mad at me when they hear this, I didn't know what I was doing on the back end yet, but I would retain a client and then I would spend hours upon hours a week learning some new stuff so they didn't have to see that I was kind of falling forward, figuring it out. But the key here in one sentence is I did what I did best and the rest of it I figured out as I went. Um, but I'm still not confident. I know everything. There's still a lot to learn. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I do have to say that uh, I wish I didn't. There are definitely days where I wish I didn't go to college. Then again, uh, there's a lot that wouldn't have happened to me had I not gone. Would have. We've never played college hockey. That's one thing. And so it, it is a bit of a trade-off, but. I have to say that that I've learned more on my own uh, from doing from teaching myself all these different things and putting them on my YouTube channel than I could have ever learned in class because it's like it, and then the professor just go, of my one of my business management classes said I was just talking about his Rotary Club and his his time and it's like like I, if anything. I need someone, I, I mean, like I needed a mentor more than anything because when you're coming out of college, it's it's definitely harder to get a job and in the 23-year-old me, uh, which is actually not that long ago, uh, would, took a couple internships that were like paid or had some, or like had a stipend of like $250 and, and uh, then... And then you go work as an admin assistant for five plus years. And, and, uh, and it's like, if I could, I mean, I would definitely start at 18. If I had to do it all over again, I'd start at 18 and, um, just, and just find a way to be self-employed because it, ever since this era of going, of, uh, working remotely, I, I don't think I'll ever go back into the office again. Yeah. Do you, do you have to go to the office at all? You're, you're I mean, remote? I mean, occasionally I'll have to take a flight somewhere, which is like, uh, I no, no, I, I'm not doing that sort of thing. Like, I don't want to do that unless it's for my birthday or something, or I'm actually going on for fun, but that is, uh, it's just something that, that seems more, you know, more of a drag because, you know, it's, it's for your company. It's not for, it's not for your pleasure too. And, 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 you know, it's more leisure, you, you know, it's more, it's more leisure and it's more laid back when you're going on your own and you're meeting your old mm -hmm. friends who live in North Carolina or whatever, but yeah.
Oh, okay. Um, so, and your origin to becoming self-employed, uh, and, or are you still working a nine to five? Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. So I'm officially self-employed. Um, I'll be completely transparent about this. I took a handout to make it happen. And what I mean by that is I was furloughed from work and it was during COVID. Um, COVID was the main reason as we talked about, um, we don't have to get into numbers, but the government was writing me a fat freaking check for no reason. I, 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 I want to, I want to kind of take out the no reason park. I don't want to offend anybody, but realistically, I was getting paid a lot of money to be unemployed. So what I was doing while I was getting the stimulus money and my unemployment money is I was reinvesting it into my business that when the, and I was working part-time. So what I was doing in the legal sense is I was taking part-time unemployment while I worked on building my business on the side. And then I was lucky enough. It, it wasn't easy. I mean, we could go freaking 10 days on the details. I was lucky enough to, by the time that the stimulus ran out, I had built my business strong enough that I basically just shifted from getting part-time unemployment to working full-time on my own. So it was weirdly similar it was like starting a start side hustle while you're employed, but not having to work the hours of being employed. So my point here is to start a side hustle while you have the money. I hadn't, but I utilized my unemployment money to pay my bills. And then I started this as a side hustle, thinking I was possibly going to start another job. But then I built it strong enough where I didn't have to take a nine to five job. I feel humbled and lucky. It's, it's not anyone can do it. And I don't even know how I'm doing it, but that's how it happened. I'm not sure how I can do it. Like, like right now I'm running a bit uh, dry. It's been a while since I've made a sale. Um, but, but I've got to stick with it and just do what I can to build the email list. What, um, what, what, uh, what are you selling? I, I think you do voiceover, right? Or what, uh, what yeah, else I, is there? I mean, I mean, that's been a bit dry for one thing. Um, my cousin, uh, she, she was out in LA of all things. And, uh, we, uh, met for the first time in over eight years because her uncle, um, uh, we went to the unveiling of her uncle, and that's uh, a distant cousin of mine. And and it, and it was a short, it was a short um, ceremony for him. But I, I can't believe I I actually am talking about this today. I had like no idea I was going to talk about that. But but and I said I can definitely help you. I I know the ACX. I know how to format everything and. And, and even that is a little frustrating too, uh, when you get down to it. And, uh, earlier this year, I, there was two guys that were interested in what I had and I wasn't even marketing to them, but there was that, um, Upwork too has been, uh, it's been decent, but even though I wasn't doing voiceover on that, I still had to find a way to make money on the side. I mean, I mean, you know, when things dry up you know, you know, you can still find a path too, even if it's not necessarily in your niche. And I think, 
And I think that's why I was not as focused as I wanted it. I wanted to be. Yeah. And, and if you're already working full time, that's, that's a lot too, but yeah, sometimes you do need to kind of zig and zag and pivot. Um, I'd be one, we could go deeper on this another time, but I'd be wondering if there's anyone influential that, you know, or possibly can connect with and possibly you in turn or do something for free in, um, trade for like a testimonial or a small endorsement. So you can take something, work for free, get a small testimonial or endorsement, and then utilize that endorsement to connect with other people that are influenced by this guy or gal that we're talking to. So there's ways to do it, but it it is sometimes difficult to get the momentum without the momentum. But I'm very confident that when you gain that momentum, that's the key. The one thing I joke about is hockey stick growth. You've got, I don't have to explain it to you. That's how it goes. You've got a real flat line or you move slow and then something clicks and then it's up towards the moon. And that's what we all want to, we all want to accomplish. Um, I, I have actually have found that, um, you know, selling my own audiobooks and doing it that way, it seems to be working better either mm-hmm. because find a way voices has been handling some of the marketing, which they have. And, or if you're on Authors Republic, they'll do the same thing. They take 30%, you get 70 per actual unit sale, and you can get some royalties on that. So, so that's what I've found from myself. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Um, uh, oh, I've got to undo that. Um, yeah. So what lessons would you give to starting entrepreneurs? Wow, is it it there's so many. The first the, the first lesson we already talked about. I don't recommend cutting ties with your income source to become an entrepreneur. Um a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors fail. More often than not, entrepreneurs are successful if they have the capacity and resilience to keep going. Um, because you might have an idea, it might land flat, you might have a launch, no one signs up. Um, so I first off, my first lesson is don't leave your current income source. If you already have one, I would stick to it. Um, I was a weird situation where I kind of was, I COVID, I wouldn't plan on COVID or stimulus checks. I would plan on keeping my income source. Um, I would figure out something that you're very good at that the world needs. And I don't think it has to be niche. For example, I started a marketing firm, but where I niched was who I targeted. I targeted Rochester business owners with my marketing firm, and I used a podcast to connect with these people. So Rochester-based podcast business, I was the only one doing it. That's where it became niche, but my services were marketing. Or if you start a restaurant, Maybe you're the restaurant with the poop flavored ice cream. It's kind of ridiculous, but here's the thing. There's lots of restaurants out there, but if you're the one with the poop flavored ice cream, you're the one that people are leaving video reviews. They're getting on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to, there's an influencer in town. You can DM the influencer and say, Hey, come try our poop flavored ice cream. And they'll be like, that sounds gross. That'll make a good picture. So 
you can start with something that isn't hyper niche and still niche down in the way you target. Or if you have a very specific talent, like let's say sidewalk chalk art, you, you can utilize that niche, but you need to find a way to find the right people that would find value in that niche. That could possibly be a bar or a restaurant, or um, you could come in and do trainings at summer camp. But the real key here, and I'm honestly just brainstorming because I'm not the end all expert. You got to look at what you value. You got to look at what you love. You got to look at what you enjoy, um, what you're good at. And you got to try a bunch of things, possibly because the first thing you try might not work. Um, and there's also a possibility that the reason it didn't work is because you quit too soon. So I'm almost like giving contrasting advice. But my best advice for an entrepreneur is treat it, be a scientist. Be a sci Most scientific studies take years, if not tens of years, if not decades, or they have studies that last 100 years plus. I don't want you to take 100 years running your business, but if be a scientist and try different things because each human, each entrepreneur, each human entrepreneur, you can have alien entrepreneurs as well, but each human entrepreneur is going to have a different journey. And it's going to be different. So the best advice will be case by case. Um, but as long as you stick to it and treat it as like a scientist and you continue to level up, um, I'm confident that you could get it done. I hope that made sense. I gave like six different viewpoints. I'm all over the place, my man. It was perfect. And I'm still working on nine to five. And, and I do want to get out of out of that because it because I mean, I do want to take the time to go like on a random Tuesday and uh go hike or go golf and and then just have a beer and then because guess what you have the golf course or you have the hike all to yourself and because everyone's in an, in an offense at that point on a tuesday at 9 or 10 a.m uh so that is uh something uh one achievement i do hope to get to um, I want to very quick comment on that because I love that the beauty and the struggle in being an entrepreneur is if I wanted to, I can block my calendar, take four hours off any given day of the week. However, I'm going to have to make up that work in the evening. So there's flexibility. It's still hard work, but there's flexibility. And I couldn't agree more, man. It's we had a 75 degree day in November in New York. You better believe I blocked off my calendar to go play basketball. So I feel that. I mean, I mean, I, I grew up in Maryland and we had mm. that weird weather all the time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, Maryland made no sense. If you're in the DMV area, the District of Columbia, Maryland and Virginia, Northern Virginia, to be specific, uh, if you're in that area, you know what I'm talking about. You get a hundred degree summers and you can potentially get negative five degree Fahrenheit and you can skate on the ponds. It makes no sense in my mind. No sense. I'm not a meteorologist, but we'll have, you got to have one on the show to explain it. <laughs> I have to, I have to have one. What exactly? A meteorologist oh. or someone who understands exactly what's going on with the, the weather. Cause I, mm -hmm. I have, I've got nothing other than sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's cold. 
I've got a phone that lets me know, and then I put on clothing. That's all I got. <laughs> Jeez, I I don't even turn on on the TV for that. I have a I have an app for that. Yeah, now. exactly. Uh, okay. Um, so in this day and age, would you agree with me that everyone should be finding ways to create multiple sources of income? Now, fortunately for me, I've sold books and audiobooks and even sold a blank journal on Amazon as well, uh, awesome. as well as doing some Upwork, uh, taking a couple Upwork clients as well. So would you agree with me on that point of just create multiple sources um, as well? 100%. I mean, obviously, <laughs> in a perfect world, you have endless sources of income um, that it's not entirely passive, but it's mostly passive. If you own real estate, if you own stocks, if you have investment portfolio, if you have a book, you have an online course, you have things that are selling while you're sleeping or things that are raising in value while you're sleeping, you're in a great position. I don't think a lot of people can do that overnight, um, but that's like the mecca of a lifestyle business when you wake up and your net worth just went up because you slept for eight hours. That's pretty kick-ass. <laughs> that, is, that is nice too. And, and uh, that also is one of the benefits of what I've sold with uh, Chess, the game for peace and prosperity. I'm coming up on 200 units and, and I'm like, like how many other 28-year-olds have done that too? It's, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't, you're because the first one I know. I, I mean, I mean, it's not $200 because some of it was royalties, but when I do uh, put out growing baseball, I mean, uh, and you take 200 units, I mean, multiply that by like seven or even five. And then, and then that's a thousand. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a thousand dollars right there of extra income per year, which is, yeah. Just on an audiobook, which which a lot of people listen to, and Audible has grown too. Uh, I like this back and forth. Um, so your marketing plan. Um, what is that like to get new clients? Depends, man. It totally depends. Um, it's funny because I have a marketing firm, but I don't treat a marketing funnel in like a traditional scientific kind of approach to it, like with specific things. I'm more um, nuanced in what I do. Really, my marketing plan is to connect with as many people as possible, create valuable content for those people, add value into their lives with introductions, freebies, giving my time away for free, giving my time to charities, running charity events, running networking events, putting out podcast episodes. And I have marketing services, but I don't pitch them. And I don't try to open up, you know, a suitcase of watches and say, hey, you need a watch today. What I do is I give as much value as possible and it attracts the right kind of clients to me. And this is not a method that'll get me to 10 million, but it's a, a method as a sole proprietor that provides premium service to a select amount of clients 
um, it's been working for me. It's a really shitty marketing plan. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word. I apologize. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's, it's giving as much value as possible so that the opportunities kind of come to you through referral and nurturing of relationships. Don't, don't worry about saying shitty. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just put the E on this episode and it's not the first one. I mean, Ooh. So well. some words to me aren't explicit. Um, to me, the S word's not that explicit or the A or the D word. There's far worse words that I don't utilize, but yeah, if we could just top the E on it. And if I offended someone by saying the S word, sorry. <laughs> it, it, I mean, like, I, I don't really care. I mean, sometimes I need to say it just to get a point across. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, you could say, you know, you could say a lot of other things, but it, for, to me that it, it just never really mattered where, because I've listened to probably over a thousand podcaster, you know, mm -hmm. podcasts and podcasters who, um, who have just sworn and like up and down and it's like, okay, like, and it can be funny too. It's just a natural human response. I, I just on that, man, it's like authenticity is important and podcasting is a long form conversation um, where you get to know the guests, you get to know the host and being inauthentic is not a good thing. So if someone swears like a sailor and every few words is the F word and their audience likes that, cool. And if you don't like it, you just don't listen. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Marketing is tough. I'm terrible at this. Okay. And, uh, I mean, yeah. And marketing is tough enough too. It's like it sometimes like, I mean, I've, I was putting my hair on fire. Um, I once put, found a baseball blogger and put, um, a baseball book on there and it's like i put it like for 50 for dollars for a month and i'm like okay i think that's all right and it sold maybe two three units uh, after that so i think yeah but and then my mentor jason stapleton i don't know if you've heard of him sure uh okay he he is part of the nomad network uh so he helps out new entrepreneurs and okay. as well and uh sign up there I'll, I'll leave i'll leave a link in fact if anything i could pull that up right pull it looks that up like right he has now his own, he what? has his own podcast it sounds like yeah yeah he yeah he does have his own podcast and um and on wednesday nights we up. uh handle we get on a zoom call we talk about our wins and losses and how to move move forward i even told them about uh, the Substack idea of uh, putting the video portion on there and then just leaving the audio portion on my YouTube channel and just moving that over there. So, I mean, it, and, and it does, and, and I do expect that I will get email subscribers from it as well. Absolutely. And, and I'm not limited to. Uh, MailChimp is... You know, it's two thousand, and then then you have to start paying. Uh, but with Substack, you could have over ten thousand, and 
and and the way they make their money is just uh subscriptions they take a cut stripe takes a cut and and then yeah so so they're not going to be out uh money because i have 10,000 you know free subscribers or whatever it, if it ever gets to that point I'll, I'll probably turn on the paid ads or or like or yeah. put something behind a paywall as well yeah you've got that many you're good to go that that's that's way more than i have at this time so um i i don't let's have get, that much i have like 65 maybe 66 total uh cool. between between the two uh yeah um wow oh right i've got a I've got to get that uh, link there, and um, I, and uh, yeah. yeah, you're not. Uh, for those of you that are listening or watching this, I'll put this link in the show notes as well for you. Uh, the Nomad Network show uh, links, so uh, definitely take that if you're interested as well. And and I've definitely connected with a few people. Even in the, a couple of people asked me about how to get started, and I even. Gave someone a free PDF of how to meet the ACX standards as well. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, so any questions you have for me or uh, anything along that, those lines? So you wave a magic wand. You're no longer working a nine to five. You do have multiple streams of income, um, but what... What if you could make wave that wand? What would be your number one income source? Hmm. What would you be spending your most of your time on? Probably audiobooks and and us uh, and just building that out and advertising them because I've got you know it's an easier market to get into because I've produced several already, even even one for a client and. And the first time doing that was, uh, it, it was very weird on the back end. If you ever done this through ACX is all I'm saying. And I do not like their system. So, so build your own website and, uh, control that source of control, the source of your own income, ladies and right. gentlemen, uh, don't go through ACX, um, as well. You can come to me, you can email me and we can set things up as well. Uh, and I can help you produce your audiobook as well. And I've got a and I've got a course. Um, I, all right, I, I do I do want to leave that section for the end. Uh, and Don't I'll worry promote about it. and I'll and and I'll leave links to all my all my stuff as well. Um, yeah, hope so. I, I do think that communication is key. And uh, and I think all right. Did we did I hit record before we talked about Brendan Kurosami? Um, no, we kind of talk to them offline, green room kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. I mean, when I had him on, I mean, he said, avoid the ums and the ahs. And, and I've already done that. I, I could put that into Descript later and just take that out if, if I really wanted to. But no, it's more authentic this way. I think so. I, that's what I was going to say. So Brent, Brendan's a great guy and I know he would disagree with me and he's possibly correct. Um, I think the whole ums and ahs thing is so overrated and so overplayed that you need to practice to get out all your ums and ahs. I do think that when you're speaking from the heart, 
with conviction in something that's a truth. Like if I'm talking about my childhood and I lived it and I've thought about it and I've journeyed, I don't have to um and awe. But if you're caught off guard or if there's a scenario, ums and ahs are authentic. Now, I do believe that I'm not using them right now because I'm thinking about it so much. I do believe silence is powerful. I do believe people can um and ah too much where it's uh, every uh, um, uh, 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 word and then you can't get anything out. I stutter a lot when I'm nervous, so that happens to me. But I think the whole like reducing um and I think you want to reduce ums and ahs. But I actually think ums and ahs are far more authentic than not having any of them. And I know this from being in a sales role, that if you don't um or ah, and if you don't use tonality, and if you don't seem surprised at any point, people just think you're on a script. So that's just me rambling. And I'm sure Brendan would find a way to poke a lot of holes in that argument. But that's my opinion. We don't want anyone robotic. That turns that turns me off. That would probably turn you off. It turns off everyone because we need yes. that human connection too. There is we some need pretty human bad connection, Adam. There are some pretty bad hockey interviewers and and hockey players are told to shut up and play hockey. We're not supposed to really interview too. And and uh, if. And, and I'll tell you my story, if you don't know this. Uh, I was, cool. I played in the American Special Hockey Association. And uh, that is, and I think you can deduce that as well. I'm on the spectrum. So I've seen it all of, of those kids. And, and then I get to play college hockey too, out of all of that. And I forgot where I was going with this um uh, oh being robotic i mean mm. I, we don't necessarily do interviews you know even when you're a regular hockey player you're not necessarily going to have interviews i had i had i had two before i could legally drive and then at the age of 18 uh i get a usa hockey article about me and and then 10 years later after, and it's been 10 years too, which has been crazy to think about. It's like, I was there yesterday and it's like, I really was not mature for 18. I can tell you that after all that. And then now it's like, I realize, you know, should have done that, but you know, what can you do? But can you do? at 18, when you, you, when you get that and you're in the room with your teammates, it, I was nervous too. I was like very nervous too, is because most p kids didn't go through that, and I almost didn't get in too. And that would have, and maybe I would have focused more on, uh, you know, working in addition to that, and I probably would have gone to community college to save money. So weird things had had turned out weird. Hey, it's it's the spice of life. Yeah, uh, I never know. Oh, any any questions for me, or anything else, or anything I can um, add to this? Because I I definitely love this conversation. So, if someone's listening, what's the best way that they can help you? I think the best way to help me, well, sign up for 
the Substack for one thing. So you can can you you can stay with me regardless of where I go. And excuse me, uh, I have your email and and any updates. It and that's the best way to stay updated because sometimes when you go on YouTube, the post notification does not work for whatever reason. And I've oh. had this issue. Many other YouTubers have had this issue. But one email into your inbox, that is the oldest post notification on the internet. Fair enough. Yeah. So sign up, get on the list, and actually get the notifications. And speaking of which, if you want to see this video interview, uh, definitely sign up for the Substack. You'll not only get this video interview, but you'll even get the video interview I had with Brendan Kurosami as well. So I put that up there as well. And of course, the audio versions are there. And I transferred the whole thing from Spreaker to Substack. So I could save 80 bucks a year, which is smart in this economy. Why not? And uh, links to everything are going to be in the either the description or show notes, depending on where you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, um, anything else, Ben? Nah, man. Thank you for being here. I, I like to tell the listeners, I'm new. You haven't heard of me before. So before you go even look me up, if you've listened to the show in the past, leave a review, leave a comment, maybe send a DM for Adam, maybe send me a DM, let people know you're listening. Um, and then I'd love, I mean, my, my podcast and my network of podcasts is called Real Business Connections. We kind of pointed at it. I started with Rochester Business Connections. We've rebranded to Real Business Connections. Um, so I'd love to make a friend, but I do encourage you, leave a review here first um, and let me know you did and, and we'll talk soon. Of course. Oh, uh, please send me your links and uh, and we'll get that. And we'll get that squared away. Yes, sir. You'll have it as soon as we close down. All right, everyone. Take care. And I will see you all in the next episode of the Blue Oasis Podcast.